welcome everybody to 3Y in the Middle, your home for all things racing. My name is Thomas Brandon, with me as always, my man Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What's going on, Tommy? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Apologies, everybody. We uh we getting this out a, a day a day late this week. Uh, had a little technical difficulties yesterday. What was going on with that, Keith? What so I had a I had a GFI plug blow in my kitchen. And for some reason, when it blew, it blew everything in the house. So Ooh, that sucks. <laughs> had an electrician here, and he didn't leave till six o'clock last night. Oh and man! Yeah, it just wasn't fun. Well, at least you got it. At least you got it fixed, man. I, I elect electrical is no is no joke, and you know that's. I spent years in construction. I can legitimately build a house from the underground all the way to the freaking roof and everything in between the one thing that i cannot do is the electrical and no no the two or three times that i tried it i failed miserably the last time i even attempted electrical work was at a friend of mine and she had a light that she wanted me to put in on her front porch and all i had to do was take off the old one and put on the new one and the old one was a two-wire set up and this one was a three wire setup and i was trying to to get that in and i ended up shocking myself and blowing a fuse in her house <laughs> that was the last time i've even messed with electrical ever since then i'm just like not doing it <laughs> yeah hire somebody yeah nope electric yeah. stuff it, it bites and it bites yes, hard yes, and i don't does. like that <laughs> yep exactly and i usually screw it up so well that's good man. i'm glad you got it glad you got it going so but anyways you guys so not a, not a whole lot going on in the world of race we got a couple of things we're going to talk about interesting race at california this last weekend as kyle larson puts her in victory lane once again picking up where he left shocker. off last season yeah shocker there but it was an awesome race so we're going to dive into that um in the rest of the world, when it comes to racing, not much going on. Dirt World's pretty much on hold right now. Everything's getting rained out that's even scheduled. And we got a couple of things in the F1 world we got to talk about just because of, of everything happening right now with the with Russia and Ukraine. And, and so the F1 world, uh, FIA is responding to that. So we'll cover some of that stuff as well. But before we get into any of the F1 news, we got to talk about the race that we had this last week at Auto Club Speedway, Fontana, as it'll always be known to me. And uh, Kyle Larson uh, got the win. A uh, little bit of controversy between him and his teammate Chase Elliott there. We can talk about that. But overall, Keith, what did you think of the race? Uh, the the race itself was good. Um, had a lot of guys from last year that just rode around mid-pack to the back. That actually ran up front and ran in the top five. Eric Jones looked. Was incredible really good it was incredible it was like, so was cool to see time, that car back up front it was awesome absolutely <laughs> there, there was one point in time i looked over and was like he might win this race yeah it was he incredible really good. and and it just in a sense made you feel good because you know now everybody other than rick ware for some reason has a shot yes and and eric jones proved that with the uh richard petty gms stuff because yeah. i mean let's face it they they weren't good last year no they, they weren't weren't good three years ago nope they they were probably had their better years when eric almarola was there and that could even be questionable yes um so to see him run up front felt good um one thing i do think they need to figure out they got to figure out these tires 
get these cars back to the pits without guys losing six laps with a blown tire. It's almost taken just as long to clean up a guy that blows a tire or a guy that trashes a car. It's taken the same amount of time and they just got to figure it out because I think it was Christopher Bell blew a tire and went six laps down. Yes. And I think he eventually took it behind the wall and just said, screw it. So they got to figure that out and I'm sure they'll figure something out or, or whether if you blow a tire, maybe not let them go as many laps down. I don't know how you could get away with that, but they got to figure it out somehow. Yeah. Some way. That is something that I have noticed too, is, is when the tires blow and I don't know if it, if it has to do, if it's a combination of these bigger wheels with the, the lower profile tire or, you know, I, I don't know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you have a flat tire and all of a sudden you, what used to be, you might go a lap down. I mean, especially at a track like Fontana, this is a two mile track. It's not like they're at Bristol. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is Fontana. Oh, and, and I, they're and going five, six laps down. If it happens at Bristol, you might as well just load it up on Park the trailer. It. Yeah. You're ready to go 30 home. laps down. You're yeah. going to be screwed. <laughs> and, and what I think they should do. And this is just my own opinion. I think they need to bring the inner liners back. So at least if you blow the tire, at least you're still up per se because of the inner liner. Whether they do that or not is beyond me. I have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's the thing. I don't know if they if they can do. I don't even know if they can do that. I don't know how that would work with these newer tires. You know, um, I was doing some research on these tires. Just, you know, kind of the differences in them, you know, compared to you know, previous, um, years. Cause obviously, you know, the, 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 the profile and the width and the, you know, all that stuff is so different now. And from my understanding of them and, and look, I'm sure good, Goodyear's not giving out all the, the, the technical workings of it, but from my understanding of it, they're supposed to be very much like a, what you would find on a sports car, you know, on, on a, on a road, a road tire, you know? And so I would think that there's something that they could do to, to help with that. Um, you know, to yeah. where you have, whether, you know, you've got some kind of run flat, you know, uh, thing that, you know, something in the, in the, with the sidewalls or, you know, I don't know how that would do with the flex, but, or an inner liner or something, because yeah, you know what I mean? I, I don't think we should have a flat tire literally be the end of your day. No, and it shouldn't. Yeah, it really shouldn't. So, so yeah, that that is something that did catch my eye um, with with the with the race. But you know, other than that, I was I was absolutely um, I was I was happy. I got to be honest, I haven't been this happy about a NASCAR race in a long, long time. I'm one hundred percent the truth. I thought the racing was good. I saw drivers literally just losing the car like on edge which is something that do i mean when was the last time we saw that when was the last time you saw a driver where it was just like man that guy spun out because he just lost control of it it's been a while it's been a while you know and like these guys are having to really drive these things on on the edge now on the limit and it, it takes a lot of a lot of focus and you know and it's it's i think it's much better racing you know we saw really good racing now obviously fontana is really unique where you've got you know i mean you can go four wide there five wide there and you've got drafting which i also thought was really nice to see these guys to where you could draft up on somebody get a run and pass them but it wasn't what we saw in previous years where it was like if two guys just hooked up they were gone right and they're just holding it wide open like you still had to lift you still had to you know 
drive the car through the corners. And so it allowed people to, to, to make moves. And if they got past, they were able to catch back up, right? You didn't just get punished because now you're, you're suffering an arrow push, right? Like it allowed for really good racing. Yeah. And, and how you, you were saying about the cars on edge. I mean, look at Kevin Harvick didn't even complete one lap in practice and spun the car out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hurt the car. But he spun out, and it was good to see, like, all right, these cars are definitely on edge. Yeah. And one thing that I took away from it, from him wrecking in practice, is, yeah, he didn't qualify, so he started in the back. And I think the highest, before there was, like, 20 to go, the highest he got was, like, 24th. Yeah. Which is insane. Because mm -hmm. I figured, oh, heck, he'll be up in the top 10 in no time. And I don't know if it was struggling because they had no practice or they didn't get any time to qualify or what. But one thing that I did take away from it, Rodney Childers said it would have, if it was the old car, they would have went to the backup. Yeah. That it was quicker to repair the car this time with a new car than it would have been to A, bring the next gen backup down or the old car back up. And yeah. that, that's good to know. It's good to know that that car can take a beating mm -hmm. to a point till you start messing up the suspension components and, yes. and the, uh, I guess you can say the front and rear clip of the car, mm -hmm. but to, like what really surprised me on the other side of it was, um, one of the colleague cars, I think it was Hamrick was six laps down and came back to finish in the top 10. That was impressive. Yeah. Uh, we'll look at, uh, Chase Elliott. He went a lap down early in the race and then he was back up there battling for the race lead. You know, I, I think that's probably what I like the most about what we've seen so far and granted it's just been a couple of tests and two races and the more that you know these next couple weeks where we've got vegas um you know and phoenix right like i think we're gonna see uh a lot we'll get a, a much better feel for it but i think you're really starting to see the skill gap in terms of look man if you can wheel right if you can drive like you can overcome bad luck you can you can get back in this you know you you fall back or or you have bad qualifying if you are a good driver you can make your way up to the front you you absolutely can do that and you know it's not one of these things where you know you could have the best driver in the world but if they've got an ill handling race car they're just screwed like now these the the control is in the driver's hands and a driver can overcome the deficiencies of a car and I think that I think that's awesome because that is what it should be. You know, it, it shouldn't be like, oh, well, you know, we, we missed a setup. And so I'm relegated to 30th today. No, it should be. Okay, right, well, yeah. I just got to work harder today. Well, and, and like the Kevin Harvick stuff, from what I heard and read, he tiptoed with the car the first half of the race before he was comfortable. Yeah running as hard as he could. And I mean, it showed evidently, I mean, he finished what sixth or seventh. Yeah. But I mean, like Daniel Suarez mm -hmm. ran top 10 all day. I mean, it's just guys you don't see run up front that were running up front. It makes builds confidence knowing that, all right, they might've got it right for once with this car. Yes. And, and I think the true test is coming up at Vegas. It's coming up at Phoenix. And, and one thing I learned at when they were at auto club, you could drive that car a lot deeper than what you usually could with the old car. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was, um, it was, it was nice. It was, it was really cool to see guys 
driving, you know, having those, those runs where they would drive it in deep. And then they're literally, it's almost like a slide job on a dirt track where they're going all the way up to the top line, you know, blocking the guy or, or the, you know, those guys who, you know, you had, you had guys who were driving it in deep. And then you also had ones who were letting off early and then they're driving, you know, they're accelerating through the whole corner. Like you could really drive the car however you wanted to. And that's been the, to me, the best thing about it so far. And yeah. I, I really like it. And I hope, I hope it just gets better and better. And, and, and I think it will, I think it'll get better as the season progresses and they learn more and they find more gray areas that they can mess with to, to manipulate the, the car a little bit. But one yes. thing that I, I do like about this new car, especially at auto club, I hope they don't ever reconfigure it. I hope they don't, because I mean, you could run the top, you can run the middle around the bottom you you had guys using every lane and that's what i like to see and and it like even the seams mm-hmm. you touch the seams with your left side you you're going for a ride yeah and then flip side man toyota's got some work to do i don't know what they're doing over there but every toyota overheated at auto club so i, I don't know what's going on there yeah, that was what Demi. What did Denny Hamlin's car got? It got up to three twenty-five or something. I mean, it was yeah. it was cooking. You know, like were, they had to bring it in. There was one point where they had to refill Kyle Busch's car yeah. twice. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it's different things, different aero ducts. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that's that that's something that um you know I I think they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. But yeah, Toyota's definitely not not they have they have not had a had as easy of a time with uh, you know when it comes to the cooling and stuff as the Fords and the Chevys um because they were they were definitely struggling and and look it it, it wasn't even it's not like it was even hot down there it's not like it was 110 in southern california you know what i mean it's it's not like these these this wasn't this wasn't darlington south carolina you know on labor day weekend like this 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 is Southern California, you know, it's like what, seven mid seventies, you know what I mean? So for them to be, to be getting that hot, um, that was, uh, that was, it, it was, uh, it was a shocker, man, because like you said, it wasn't just one person. It seemed to be the, the Toyota cars in general. Yeah. And, and wait till it get, gets real humid. Wait till they come to Indiana. Yes. wonder what they'll do then. Cause if they were overheating down there and like you said, it was cooler, Yeah. cooler weather and ugh, it could, it could get pretty ugly. Yeah. You know, it was, it was like mid sixties. I want to say, you know what I mean? Like it was not hot at all. So, so yeah, Perfect that was, that was it. exactly, especially for asphalt, you know I mean? It's beautiful weather. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a uh, pretty, uh, pretty interesting, but yeah, it, I'm sure they'll, they'll get it figured out. I mean, obviously Toyota, you know, they're not dumb. They'll figure it out. And the teams that are running Toyotas, right? I mean, we're talking about some of the best teams in racing. When you look at, you know, you're talking about Joe Gibbs racing and stuff like that. So they'll get it figured out. Um, it'll just be interesting to see how long it takes them, right? I mean, you don't want to lose, you know, too much too much to these, to these other teams. Now, the good thing about the playoff, and I'll be the first to admit it, when NASCAR came up with the chase and they started trying to change the point standing and stuff, I was not a fan of it. I hated it. I thought it was stupid. Yep. Um, but I will say now the good thing about the playoff is, is that you can get a win and you know what I mean? And still have a shot at that championship. And so those guys that, you know, yeah, these first couple, you know, races might not have been the best, but when you've got Denny Hamlin or Kyle Busch or, you know, a true X or, you know, these guys, I'm, 
you can't count them out until until that the regular season is over. So I'm sure I'm sure they'll get it together and uh, be a force to to reckon with. Yeah, like like what you said, I, I wasn't a fan of the playoff system when they first started it in 04. No. Then they introduced the new one in 14, and I still didn't like it till Phoenix when uh, Newman doored Kyle Larson to get into the playoffs. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. That, that was a big turning point for me. I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, even then, it, it takes – with the playoffs, I mean, you can't even really be consistent. Because you get 16 different winners, you're screwed. Uh-huh. Yep. So, like, you can't really go out in points race anymore. It's it's all or nothing. you got to run really well in the stages, try finishing in the top 10, and then you got to turn around and try finishing really well in the race, which... Yep. Which is I good. Just, yeah. I just like the old point standing. I do, too. Myself, though. I do, too. You know, and, and, you know, one of the main reasons... They did that, you know, that that previous year, you know, what was it? Matt Kenseth won the championship and he had like one victory. Yeah. And everybody's like, well, we need a new we need to we need to change this. We need a new point system. It's like, man, there's been other champions who have only won one race. Like it's it's consistency for the year. And, you know, now you see guys, you know, I mean, Harvick got in last year into the into the championship, didn't have a win. You know, what I mean, like that is so rare. Like you've got to have a victory, you know, now it's, it's so rare to get in without a win. So, um, you know, it's in with the car, the way that it is now, I think we're going to see, at least from what we've seen so far, I think we're going to see a lot of first time winners this year. I really do. You know, like we're talking about Eric Jones and Daniel Suarez, those guys were up front battling for the win, you know, in the last few laps. And it's not like it's not like the top guys had wrecked out, and it's like, oh, okay, these guys are gonna. This is their chance to to battle for the win. No, they were up there battling, you know, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson, right? Like they're up there battling the best. So it's. Uh, I think we're gonna see some of these guys get their first wins this year. I think that's. I think the 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 chance that it's possible is really really cool. Yeah, and and it gives them smaller teams like the track house and and the petty gms teams mm-hmm. i mean they they all ran really well yep yeah they really did and it just showed that all right this next gen car it's really going to help them it yeah. really is unless if you're unfortunately rick ware and the live live fast team i guess that's what they're called i just it don't really look like it helped him that much like cody ware looked really good at la coliseum daytona's kind of flawed anybody can look good at daytona and then they just went back to their old selves, I guess. I just yeah. it blows my mind because I know Rick Ware's got an alliance with Stuart Haas, so you figured, all right, they're going to be halfway decent, and they they didn't. And speaking of Stuart Haas, Chase Briscoe looked really good. Yes, he did in the Cup race, and then he just faded, and mm-hmm. it brought me back to the old days. You'd have guys that would run up front, and then they would fade, and you'd never see them again. Yeah, no, there were. Chase Briscoe had been running good. Tyler Reddick was running good. You know, I mean, there was a bunch of guys who had been up front and really showed good speed and pace throughout the race. I mean, look, the start of the race, Austin Sendrick was back up front. You know what I mean? Like, he was up there at the front of the pack. You know, people talking about after his win last week. You know, there was people out there who, oh, that just Daytona, that's drafting. And, 
no, the he's showing that he's got it. Like he <laughs> guy can drive. You know, he went right back out there and backed it up, started up front and was up there leading. You know, I mean, now he didn't win, but obviously he he's more than just somebody who got lucky and, you know, was at the front of the draft. Like he right. he had a good race and he showed it again this week. So, yeah, I think I think it's going to be really interesting to see um, if we do get some dinner, different winners this week, this not this week, but this year and, and how many, because I think the the opportunity is definitely there. Oh, the front door's open. Yeah. The front door's open for many new winners. And I think, I definitely think you're going to see more than one. I really do. Yep. So do I. So it should be, should be cool. So they got the, they got the, Kyle Larson got the win at California. Now a little bit of a controversy there towards the end, um, where Larson came up and, uh, basically slammed the door on his teammate and that teammate being Chase Elliott. Elliott got into the wall, ended up spinning out and wrecking. Um, now did you, did you see that incident, Keith? Yeah. <laughs> so what was your, what was your thought on that? Uh, which part where, well, the just block or... the, the block. Yeah. Just kind of the, the, the whole thing. Like what's your thought well... process on it? I can't remember how much was to go. I think there was 20 to go when the block happened. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was, yeah, more, it, yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't like there was so, like three laps. I mean, I'm okay with the block. I really am because I mean, let's cut, let's, let's get one thing right. Races are hard to win. Yes, they are. And in my eyes, yeah, you got teammates, but man, once when you get that threshold of 20 to go, that's out the window. You, yeah. You've got to race for your own team. You got your own sponsors mm-hmm. and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, I'm cool with the block. What I didn't like is Kyle basically threw a spotter under the bus. Second week in the row. That's happened. I don't know what happened with Daytona. I just know that he threw him under the bus at Daytona and then threw him under the bus here. What my issue is, is it looked like Chase Elliott spun that car out on purpose and then proceeded to block Kyle when they went to lap him. So I, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line that you don't cross. I think. Yeah. Cause I mean, it did just, I think for chase next time, don't wear white gloves. I mean, that's the best thing he could do right now, Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it just, it's too early in the season to start being ticked off at your teammates. Yeah. Yeah. See, and my, my thing with it, with it was, and you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know, or I don't, I didn't know that Larson threw a spotter under the bus. I had heard in a later report where his spotter had said, look, I was not even looking there. I was focused on the 22 car. Cause that is something that a lot of people aren't talking about is Larson was door to door with Logano, right? Yeah. Like he was battling Logano and Elliot had a run where he was literally shot out of a cannon and he went to, you know, he, it was like, Hey, I'm not going to try to just pass one of these guys. I'm going to see if I can get both of them right now. And I don't even know if Larson was trying to block him. I really don't. Or if he saw it late and then was like, Oh my God. And then tried to move up. Like, I don't know. I mean, only person who's going to know is Kyle Larson. Right. Um, you know, and I can I can tell you this at those types of speeds, 
right? I I would think that you're probably not recognizing who the car is, right? You might not recognize that that is your teammate. You know, like there's a chance where you just see a car coming and you go to get up in front of them, right? Like maybe you're looking to not block and maybe you're looking to get a push from them so you can get around Logano. I, who knows? But to me, it seemed, um, it seemed like more of a, a racing deal, right? Those guys are going going yeah. 190 miles an hour down into the corner and, and Larson's running door to door with Logano and here comes this other car. Now, that being said, I also understand it from Chase Elliott's perspective. Um, I could understand the the frustration because, right, like Chase Elliott is going to see it from his point of view. And this is something that I always try to explain to people in, you know, in everything. Um, it doesn't matter if it's real life racing or, or sim racing or, you know, my son's little league team or, or whatever, where, you know, an individual's perspective is their reality, right? The way that they see things is, is their reality. You know, one of the reasons why this is funny because they actually did a study on this. They actually did a scientific study on this. One of the reasons why road rage is so common is because when you're driving in a car and you're going 55, 60 miles per hour, it actually speeds up your thought process. And because of this, it actually speeds up your reactions and it increases your level of emotion for those reactions. So when you're going 60 miles an hour and someone cuts you off, it's not like when somebody, you know, doesn't wait their turn at the four-way stop. It's it's immediate like you go from, you know, pardon the pun, zero to 60, where it's like you mother, you know, like you immediately lose it. And I can only imagine at 190, right, when you're trying to pass for the lead and all of a sudden here comes your teammate and he's slamming the door on you and you're in the wall. I can only imagine how upsetting that would be. So I understand where Chase Elliott's coming from. Um, you know, the reaction afterward, if he spun on purpose and then blocked us like that, I don't like that. Um, but I, I can understand the frustration of, of where he was coming from, um, yeah. with the block and the, the incident. Like it, 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 it's so hard to, to Monday quarterback it. Oh, it, exactly. I mean, it, you could go both ways with it and it's like, all right. So he got upset over that. Let, let's go back to last year. Mm -hmm. Him and Harvick racing really hard for the lead. What happened? Yep. Chase got a, a flat, came back out. I feel Chase manipulated the end of that race by blocking Kevin. Yeah. Chase tried to manipulate the end of the California race. Why? Because he was wrecked by his teammate. In his mind, he thinks he was. Yeah. Don't know if he really was. It just looked yes. like it looked like the run happened so fast that. Kyle reacted a little later than I think what he anticipated on Chase being there. Yes. But then again, when you're side by side, you're more focused on the guy to your left or to your right, not the guy that's in the back. And mm -hmm. these new cars have shown that you you can generate a run. And Chase Elliott had a run. Yeah, the close rate on these things is it. insane. Yeah. Yeah. And it looked like he just tried sticking it to the outside and Kyle yep. just reacted late. I don't yep. think it was malicious. Don't think it was on purpose. It was a racing yep. deal. Yeah. I definitely think it was a racing deal because, I mean, you just don't go out with the mindset that uh, I'm going to wreck that guy. No, especially your teammate. You're just not going to do yeah. that. So. And, and then to come in and get tires and then, well, I guess they're going down the back straightaway and it looked like Chase went up and blocked Kyle a little bit and then just let Joey Logano go by. That's what kind of will raise my eyebrow like, well, that's weird. Yeah. And then once when they went by, Chase spun out. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be a 
and Hendrick. Hendrick. No, Bush. it's going to be an interesting, interesting uh, week. Uh, you know, probably an interesting if, competition meeting. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see if it boils over to Vegas and Phoenix, and maybe through the rest of the season yeah hopefully it don't go that far but no hopefully not i've seen crazier things happen exactly that's true that's true so yeah it'll be interesting to see but yeah awesome 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 day of racing i really enjoyed it i was happy with it man um i've i've been really happy with this new car and uh it was good to see like we talked about some guys up there running up front that you don't normally see. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Kyle Larson prevailed, like you said, shocker there. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what's in store this coming week at Vegas. So, so that's pretty much it for you guys for the, for the NASCAR stuff. Not a whole lot. Of, and in terms of, of racing, like I said, on the dirt track side of things, man, everything got rained out. Unfortunately, um, USAC and CRA was going to run down in Southern California. It got rained out and, Midget races are being, I mean, everything's just being rained out right now, which is kind of a bummer. It ain't rained in California in like five weeks, and then we got racing coming, and now it's going to start freaking raining, dude. How ironic. It just sucks. So so not much else on the racing front. But before before we get to the uh, Ask 3 Wide section of the uh, part of the show today, there are a couple of things happening in F1. Now, obviously, unless you've been living under a rock, you know about what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Um, and that has led to a couple of things on the F1 front. Now, first of all, the Haas F1 team, I, I cannot, I cannot fathom what it must feel like to be Gunther Steiner because that poor dude cannot catch a break. So a couple seasons ago when they had the rich energy sponsorship come on, and turns out that the guy who owned Rich Energy was a clown, and there was all kinds of just tomfoolery and lies about, you know, the profits and the business, and it just turned out to be a, a complete and utter disaster, and it just left Haas holding the bag, and that bag had zero money in it. Well, then they bring on, last season, they bring on Mick Schumacher, who is a legitimate talent, obviously, Michael Schumacher's son, Mick, has shown to be a phenomenal driver. In F2, he was in, is just an incredible talent. So they bring him on. Well, then they also bring on a driver by the name of Nikita Mazepin. Uh, it's hard for me to even say his name correctly because I always call him Mazespin. Because the guy literally spun at like every track on the circuit last year. Not a very good driver. But in terms of financial backing, it was really, really big. One of those uh, backers was Yerkulai. Um, if I'm saying, I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's a Russian energy company, if I'm remembering correctly. Well, since all of this has happened, that sponsorship is no longer on the car. And from the looks of it, it sounds like Mazepin will no longer be with Haas. He is as of now, but um, with everything that's going on, the FIA has already pulled the Russia Grand Prix from Sochi. They have already uh, declared that there will not be a Russia Grand Prix this season, nor one in the future. So now I don't know if they have not stated if that is going to be forever, but at least in the coming future, there is not going to be one. And they have made it to where no driver um, can fly a Russian or Belarusian flag. So basically, if it's anything that is tied to or supports Russia, they have basically just get there. It's not allowed. It is basically just not allowed. Um, you could literally go and have more success 
trying to i don't know wave the 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 al-qaeda flag right over the the russia flag right now like that's just how bad it is like everything in terms of the fia right now if it has anything to russia they have absolutely it is not allowed you're not allowed to i mean no no sponsors no wording no nothing anything that can be even construed as tied to russia it is not allowed and because of this mazapan looks like he might be out of a ride um the word is that um Nikita Mazepin will most likely be removed from Haas. Um, this has this is not because he is from Russia, and it's actually not because of his ties. It has more to do with the fact that the 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 guy can't drive. Uh, he's he's not a very good driver. You know the main reason they brought him in was for financial backing. Well, if the financial backing is not allowed, well then what's the point of having him? And so it sounds like they might be replacing him with Pietro Fittipaldi. Now, Fittipaldi actually has filled in for Haas before. He's been the Haas reserve driver, I want to say, for two or three seasons. Fittipaldi um, ran for Haas uh, when Roman uh, Grosjean had his horrible wreck um, at, what was that, Bahrain? Um, was it Bahrain or Abu Dhabi? Um I got it. I'm getting it confused because if you remember that season, that was the the COVID year. They were running multiple. They were running the same track multiple times back to back and stuff like that. I'm I'm probably getting it confused which one it was. But um, Fittipaldi actually has already ran for them, and it looks like Fittipaldi is going to be the one to replace um, Mazapin. Now, there is a new story out saying that it might also be another driver who is Antonio Giovinazzi. Uh Giovinazzi actually drove for Alfa Romeo last year. Um and he was now uh a reserve driver with a Formula E team. Um but it sounds like he might be coming back uh to F1 for Haas. So something just to keep an eye on um you know in terms of you know news and and the race and stuff like that we're you know F1's we got done with testing we're waiting for racing to get back underway but with all this Russia stuff happening it's been kicking up a lot of dust you know just everywhere. It's been it's been crazy to see the ripple effect that this has had through everything not just you know the financial markets or governments or, or, you know, stuff like that, but even through, you know, sports and entertainment and just everything. And you've seen it here in, in F1 right now as, you know, with the sponsorships and, and the, the flags and now Nikita Mazepin. Yeah. And unfortunately it's going to, it's going to get worse before it gets any better because it yes. don't look like it's going to stop over there anytime soon. Yes. And that is the way that it's looking, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't want to go into it on our podcast and bring all no, that stuff into here. No, but it uh-uh. just, no, I just, so it's me been, personally, it's been unfortunate. I'm, I'm praying for Ukraine every night just because, I mean, nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves what that country's going through. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been horrible. It's been, it's just been horrible. And, and, and yeah. And, and unfortunately, exactly. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's reflecting back onto sports mm-hmm. and, everyday living because i mean it's just it's hurting us too yep as far as prices go and it's just going to hurt and it's going to hurt the racing community because you need fuel to travel and fuel prices are going to skyrocket i think i hope not i really hope not especially with my ventures i'm about to get into and 
Uh, it just what a crazy world we live in right now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. And we're going to talk about your ventures here in just a second, Keith, because uh, that was we, we, me and Keith were talking before the show started, as we always do. And Keith's got some interesting stuff potentially happening. And uh, it's it's really, really cool. And so we're going to we're going to get into that right now. So, Keith, you were telling me that you might be getting back into racing. So what's going on? So um, late at Late at night at work, I work third shift. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, I didn't have much stuff to do at work, so I was just browsing through Facebook Marketplace, looking at different things, and there was a there was a car. So I sent it to my dad, and we we try to hype each other up to see who's gonna pull the trigger first. And I sent it to him, not out of messing with him, and I didn't think I'd get a phone call. Of, hey, call him, call if they they got it, and we're. We're looking at dipping our toes and then it's not going to be back in sprint cars like I want to be or non-wing cars where I really want to run. But and we're going to try to branch out of my comfort zone. We went and looked at a UMP modified this morning. Um, it's all going to depend on sponsorship, just like anything else to do with racing. It It's all depending on backing, what kind of backing I can get. So. Yeah, we went and looked at a race ready modified and it's priced where you can't really say no. And now it's just a waiting game on a couple phone calls that were made yesterday and and the day before last and if they're willing to pull the trigger then I might be racing in the next month, I hope. Well, that's freaking awesome, man. I I I hope I hope to God that happens cuz that would be that would Me be really too. cool, you know. That would be yeah, really and, cool. And and like uh like I was talking to a couple of buddy of mine that they race UMP modifieds, and I was like, man, I don't know about that. You guys got to keep the cars up on the bars and all this other stuff. Either the to set up a modified is a little more complicated than changing a couple bars in a sprint car and a couple shock adjustments and wheel spacing, and you're done. And uh, a couple guys I talked to were like, well, you're used to running sideways. That's what you do in a UMP mode modified for the most part uh, once when you figure out how to keep it on the bars you'll be fine so i hope we do it i hope it goes through like i said it just depends on funding and and like i told my dad if we're gonna do it i'd prefer not to do it out of my pocket as far as purchasing the car i'd like to get some sponsorship lined up to to purchase the car and then then we can go do our thing yeah no definitely that would be that would obviously be the best the best way to do it you know and you know that it that's to me i think that is probably one of the last classes of of racing where you can still have the weekend warrior at an affordable price right like because you've got weekend warriors and wing sprint cars and stuff like that but but or even you know non-wing sprint cars but but god damn if it doesn't cost a lot of money right like modifies are really the are really the last cars left where you can where you're talking about there are high level competitive series where you can do it and it's not going to cost you you know a million dollars a year right like it's just it's not going to be some astronomical amount of money and um i i think it's i think it's awesome man i really do you know and it's and, it's a it's it's still a good form of dirt racing you know it's on yeah. a street stock you know what i mean so it's still a fun it's still fun and, so. and like when me and my dad was talking about it and and we did the weekend warrior stuff with the sprint car and we ran a one-off usac race here and there and 
we would run some MSCS shows, but running a sprint car operation is expensive. Like yes. anybody I come in contact with and they're like, Hey, what's it take to run a sprint car? I tell them a million dollars for one. Yes. Because your first year, you're going to tear some stuff up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just going to, and that's in any form of racing. You're going to eventually tear something up yep. and it's not cheap. It is not cheap. The motor is not cheap. No. Rebuilding the engine's not cheap. So like when we, when I mentioned the modified to my dad and he's like, really, really, that's interesting. Cause I mean, that's never been our go-to. We've never, like, it took me a lot when we were racing to sit down to watch the modifieds because I mean, it just wasn't my thing. And then looking at it it's like the modified stuff's family oriented it's cheaper it's way yes. cheaper there's a lot of to... it yeah yeah, yeah. You, you know you and, especially and just finding a race for them there's a lot of and, them you know and you're not you're not tied down to running a handful of tracks no you you're can, not you branch out and you go anywhere because mm-hmm. every racetrack that i can think of runs a modified class yes yeah and even if you're not in ump territory i mean out here on the west you know we've got IMCA. I mean, the differences between a UMP and a and IMCA are are marginal at best. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't take much to 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 be like, okay, well, I'm gonna run over, run over, run this, right? It's not like you know, going from a a USAC, you know, 410 to a wing 360, where it's like, well, you need yeah. to change the motor and yet, you, you know, it's not, it's nothing like that. So you change the front axle, yeah, and... and do all these different things. So you know, it's 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 a really i i i really like it um you know i i've always liked modified racing um that was when i was probably must have been it's probably 10 11 years ago now um before i had actually met you know my my girlfriend who became my wife and then you know before she got pregnant i was wanting to you know i just gotten clean and i was you know off the drugs and stuff and i was wanting to get back into racing and i remember at the time i had a pretty decent job and i was single and i was like i would love to just start racing myself again you know because i i I wasn't gonna i wasn't thinking about you know having a family or anything like that and a modified was the first thing that i thought of i was like i bet i can afford a modified like that was the one thing that i thought about because i was like i don't want to go run outlaw carts i'm 27 years old i don't want to run outlaw carts i want to run something bigger than that and the only thing that i could really afford to do would be either a street stock which i'm not going to drive or a modified and i was actually surprised at how how much cheaper they were than, than you know then when you start looking at like a late model or a sprint car or something, I was like, God, I could actually almost afford this, right? Like, a, yeah. And so it's it's um, well, awesome that you found something and, like that. And one thing that I like, and and you know this being around the sprint car world, yeah. If you compare pricing, like I told my dad, you could get a sprint car and pay four hundred dollars for a wheel, or you can get a modified and pay one hundred fifty dollars for a wheel. Mm-hmm. Or $400 for tires or $100 for tires. I mean, it's just, it's more for the working class. And that's what I like. Yeah. It's more blue collar. And I got a friend of mine, he builds modified motors. And we were we were talking about it. And I was asking him questions about the engine that this car's got. And he's like, the good thing is, unlike the sprint car, where you can't, where you're just limited on what, where you can run and what you can run. We were talking about how I could throw a two-barrel carburetor on it and go run a sportsman series somewhere mm-hmm. and then turn around the next day, throw a four-barrel on it, and go run a UMP or an IMCA show. So, yeah. I mean, I'm really hoping that it goes through. But, I mean, like I said, if if it don't, I have, haven't raced in five years. So, 
man, it won't hurt my feelings if it don't go through. Yeah. It's just, we're dipping our toes and, and we got a bite. So well, hopefully it goes. Hopefully it does. So we'll be looking forward to. We'll have a we'll lot be looking more to forward to updates on that. Sure. Yeah, exactly. We'll be looking forward to the to that. I'll 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 definitely have to make it out to the out to the Midwest for one of your oh, modified sure. shows. So that for would sure. that would be a that would be a must. So I have to tell the wife, hey, we're we're heading out mid, out, out to the Midwest. We're going to flyover country. My we're, man's running a modified race. <laughs> we're leaving. Don't ask no questions. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. So all right. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. So. All right. Well, before we wrap up today's show, we do have a um, Ask Three Wide email. Uh, if you guys want to send us in a question or a comment or anything, I don't know, whatever, just send it over to ask3wide at gmail.com. That's A-S-K, the number three, wide at gmail. It's all one thing. Um, and this one's from Jacob. And uh, Jacob, Jacob, got, I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate the support, Jacob, but this, I, I, this was a, this was a, this one. I kind of chuckled when I saw this one. So he said, Hey, Tommy and Keith, are you guys ever going to be live streaming the podcast in a video format? And if so, where would you do it? So, um, I, I don't know if he, if, so He's got on here, if we'd ever be live streaming the podcast and where we'd be, he also got on here, P.S., uh, would you take call-ins? So I don't know if he's wanting to do, like, call-ins or chats. Okay, so I don't know I don't know if he's talking about, uh, he must, well, he's just talking about us doing, like, will we be doing on YouTube or something like that. So first of all, when we talk about call-ins, okay, I think of radio shows, all right? Um, and this will never, this is a podcast, obviously podcasts are different than radio shows. Um, you know, if we were to live stream it on like YouTube, for example, um, or Facebook or, or whatever, right. Um, obviously there would be a chat factor because there is a, there's a chat on all of those. So we would obviously have that going, whether or not we would actually look at it and take questions off and stuff. I don't know, you know, and the reason for that is this. Okay. And this, I'm, I'm going to sound like an asshole when I say this, but it's just the truth because everybody who's ever listened to any radio show ever in the history of forever, right? When was the last time you were listening to the talk show host and, you know, a, a, a caller, you know, calls in and you're like, Phew, man, Dave, from Missouri, what a great freaking point, right? Like it, probably never, right? Like it doesn't happen that often. So most of that stuff, you know, when it comes to the chats and the comments and stuff like that, a lot of it is just, a lot of it's just noise. Um, and, or I shouldn't say that a lot of it for me, I look at it as noise. It's not that I don't care or don't want to see it or hear or anything like that. It's just that when me and Keith are doing this, I'm not going to be focusing a lot on chats or comments or anything like that. Now, that aside, would we ever do it live or anything like that? Um, maybe one day. Right now, I don't see that anytime in the future. Um, the main reason for that is, is the fact that you know, I, I can live stream and I can set it up here in my office to where it will look nice with video and stuff like that. Um, that was a big investment on my part. I have no idea if Keith, if, if you even have those I don't capabilities. Even own a, yeah. I don't even own a webcam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, that type of stuff, it, there, there's so much more involved to do things live. And, and the thing is, 
most people think of live streaming and they think of it like when so you know like on twitch someone's live streaming their video game play or something like that when you have two different people in two different locations right who are now going to be piping in video and audio and you're trying to sync that up and both of them be on the same thing together and have it matching up to where there's no delay and it looks good and it sounds good that's a difficult thing to do it, it really is um if you've ever seen you know some of the the best podcasts in the world right like you're talking like the the best of the best when they do that it's it's hard to pull off right like go watch some of the dale jr download episodes during covid right yeah. like it's a difficult thing to do when you have two different people in two different places so would we ever i maybe one day um is it in the foreseeable future probably not you know probably I, I not. would say the best way to pull that off is if there's ever a chance where me and tommy could uh be at the same racetrack yes something like that yes and have an hour or two to burn where we could mm -hmm. throw up a camera somewhere and and sit down and, and do the podcast I'd, yes. I'd love to do that i'd love to try it it just mm -hmm. For me, with my kids, I don't think you guys want to see my kids running behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do it. I'd love yeah. to try it. But I, I think it would be cooler if we would, if we could hold off, wait on it. Yeah. And, and maybe me and Tommy set up a time to where, hey, if you're going to this race, I'll try to come. And then maybe we can pull a show off somewhere, either talk to sweet talk somebody at the racetrack to do it somewhere where we can use the racetrack as a backdrop. I don't know. Yeah. Just spitballing here. But yeah. maybe. Maybe, maybe we can. I yeah. think it'd be cool, but I logistically wise, it'd be hard. Yeah, but yeah, but, something I mean, like that. Yeah, I, we could definitely do something like that. And look, I we talked about it. You know, I one of the things that I want to do is go to Sprint Week. You know, will I make it this year? I I hope so, but I don't know. But if I did make it to something like that, that is now that I've got the capabilities. You know, I do have essentially what you could call a mobile studio where I could take the camera and the mics and all that stuff like that. And I could set it up in 10 minutes and we could do it legitimately anywhere we wanted to. So yeah, we'll have that ability. And if me and Keith are ever at the same place like that, yeah, we definitely do something like that. But in terms of our weekly show being live and stuff like that, I don't see that anytime in the future. At least not, but, at least not in the immediate future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to answer the, the call-ins, um, unfortunately the call-in stuff was 10 years ago yeah it's just it's I mean, just not the way it's done there's, anymore there's just, the only time i ever really see or hear call-ins is like if you're listening to your local am channel and they're talking mm -hmm. about the past sporting event that happened yep. and now they're taking call-ins yep. that's about the only time unless if you're thinking about and and jacob you can submit another one for next week if if i'm getting this wrong unless if you're thinking about calling in and leaving a message a voice audio i don't i don't know yeah other than us having you call in i, I just don't yeah, know i don't know i don't know either yeah but yeah that i mean if we did it live path, yeah it you know there would be the chat there on youtube or whatever yeah, it would be. but yeah, yeah and, in terms of like taking a call and yeah i don't think we'll be doing and, that and i'm not to set that up <laughs> right right and even if we did do a live show to where tommy's at his house and i'm at mine that the the chat box would be somewhat of a distraction for me i'd get off topic a lot yeah and it, that's that's how i am that's i'm how trying I am. not to be an ass about it i'm just yeah 
but no, it's the truth though. Truth. It's the truth. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I'm, when I'm live streaming, when I'm racing, you know, last night, for example, when I was, when I was live streaming and I was running the road to pro truck race, you know, that race went green the whole hundred laps. There was very few moments where I could glance over at the chat. I could see out of the corner of my eye that people were, were typing and chatting stuff. And literally during the 13 or 14 seconds that I was on, you know, going through a pit stop, I kind of glanced over, would see what was in kind of talk then. And, and that was basically it. Like when you're focusing on something, it's really hard to look at that. Now, obviously yeah. I was, I was in a race, you know, so it's different, but even then, you know, trying to maintain your thought process on this stuff, it's hard. <laughs> and, and then do it. it's hard. It's really hard. You know, I, I, when you, when, when people talk about podcasting and stuff, and obviously podcasting has become huge, right? I mean, there's, there's millions of them out there now, but if you ever want to, if you ever think like, oh man, that's, that's simple. I can do it. Right. I always tell people podcasting is simple, but it's not easy. And what I mean by that is, is it's very simple to start. It, it really is. It doesn't take much. You need a laptop and a microphone and, and some free recording software. Like that's really all you need. To, to be a podcaster but what makes it difficult is that you know the talking and being consistent and doing it all the times go go online and look up how many podcasts have started and have been you know have just stopped where people there's just don't much. even make it more than like three months six months you know there's 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 thousands of them because people are like you gotta mean i gotta do this all the time like i don't want to do that you know, uh, and then if you're doing it by yourself, yeah, you're doing it by yourself, trying to talk by yourself, you know, oh, it's, <laughs> it's boring and it's hard. It's really hard, man. When I first started doing this, I was by myself and dude, I can talk. I am a talker. It's still hard. And it's, and it's really hard. hard. To, and then like, if you're by yourself and you're trying to talk about a certain subject and you have nobody to bounce it off to, it's yes. like, oh, all right, it's what do I do really now? hard. It's really hard, you know? So um, you know, that type of stuff, you know, it, it's really hard to do. And when you've got your train of thought and you're trying to think and talk and stuff, you know, it's just, it's really hard to, to, uh, uh multitask your, your thought process. And, and, and like in the, I race in a truck league that's live streamed every Friday night. And we have guys that'll sit and they'll watch the live stream on their phone while they're racing. I'm like, I don't know how you can do that. I That'd don't know either. Focus. I do that not know how people focus, do that either. And then next thing I know, I'm two seconds off the pace and it's like, Oh my God. And then I just, I get in a rhythm. And once when I lose that rhythm, it's like, well, what do I do now? Yep. Now what? Uh, I, I can't, I don't know how people do it either, but all there's lots of them that do. So yeah, but yeah, so that, that, that's kind of our, our, where we're at with it, uh, Jacob, but thank you very much for the email. You guys, I, we appreciate it. Um, like I said, if you want to, if you want to email us your questions or comments or anything like that, just send it to ask three wide at gmail.com. But you guys, that's going to do it all for this week. We will be back next Thursday. Hopefully we'll get some dirt racing in. Hopefully everything doesn't get rained out. Um, we'll get some dirt racing in and we can have that and, you know, some NASCAR and stuff like that to talk about. And, uh, but yeah, so that's going to do it all for, uh, for this week's episode. Um, as always, Keith, thank you very much. Good talking to you. I hope to hear you got a UMP mod coming here very, very soon. Thanks. Hopefully yeah. we'll find something out in the coming week or so. Hopefully, man. So until next week, everybody, as always, thank you once again and take care. <laughs>